It's our privilege to make these messages available to you. We pray that the Word of God will richly bless you. So let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Hallelujah. Praise God. In Acts chapter 8, it talks about Philip the Evangelist. The Bible says he went down to Samaria and preached Christ unto him. The Bible said many that were lame had the palsy, were healed. Many that were demon-possessed were delivered. But you know, it didn't say anything about any blind eyes being opened. It didn't say anything about any lepers being healed. Obviously, in the ministry of Philip, there was an anointing on his life for those particular giftings to work through him, touching people. Different ministers I've watched over the years that had unique giftings, the voice of healing, which I've studied after with healing movement in the United States. Some guys were anointed. One particular gentleman, it seemed like every person that was deaf he ever prayed for got healed. Another had great success with eyes that were blinded. Dr. Oral Roberts had great success with people who had been attacked with polio who were crippled and maimed by that disease. Now for years, Lee and I have noticed particular things that worked in our ministry. We don't possess any gift. They just work through certain vessels. And after, you know, 34 years, you do notice something. One in particular that has worked in our ministry pretty profoundly was uh, uh, women who were unable to, well, actually couples unable to conceive children. We've prayed for dozens of them over the years and had report after report after report of those that have been healed and have had children. Uh, uh, God has used us in, in praying for people's skeletal structures, backs. We've seen many backs and, and necks and things like that heal. And God has really blessed people because of that. Now, you know, one particular thing. Many years ago, probably 20, over 20 years ago, I was in a meeting with a, with a gentleman named Dr. Ed Dufresne. Does anybody remember him? He was a powerful prophet of prophet of the Lord and we were walking up a hall and he and I did many camp meetings and meetings together we were walking up a hall and he turned around and the spirit of God came upon him and he grabbed me and he said now Rusty you need to begin to minister to people with blood diseases well I hadn't been faithful to do that I've not flowed in that like I should so I'm going to stand before the church and repent of that tonight and ask God to forgive me for not flowing in that anointing to minister to people with blood diseases. But in these three particular areas, I want to minister to you tonight. Number one, if you have a blood disease, if there's some type of disease in your blood, I want to minister to you tonight. Lee and I are going to minister to you. Secondly, if there's a problem in your skeletal structure, your back, your neck, shoulders, hips, something like that, I'm going to minister to you tonight. And thirdly, if you're a, a woman in here that has problems with your reproductive organs, if you're having problems with that, we want to minister to you tonight. Amen. And the Lord actually instru he instructed me very specifically on what to do and how to do this. So I know God's going to manifest himself in a powerful way. We're going to see God do something wonderful here tonight. Number one, I'm going to read you two scriptures. Is that all right? First of all, I'm going to read you 1 Peter. Go to 1 Peter real quick. This isn't my message. Amen. How many agree this is New Year's Eve? We're going to stay with it till we get it. Everybody say, say, stay with it. 
until you get it. Now, 1 Peter chapter 2. Now, notice verse 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. How many believe that? How many remember the weight of sin that was lifted off of you when you got born again? Wasn't that wonderful? So not only is there information of Jesus bearing that sin, but we've all experienced that. We ought to get a better amen than that. Oh, thank God for the blood that came and cleansed our lives the day we received it. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. Now notice this. By whose stripes ye were healed. Everybody say were. Now that's past tense. Just like in the spirit provision was made for your sins to be forgiven over 2,000 years ago when he bore those sins upon the cross in his body. He also took upon his body a brutal beating, a brutal, torturous beating in order to accumulate from humanity all of the sin. Listen, every kind of cancer, every kind of blood disease, every kind of back problem, every blind eye, leprosy, AIDS, you name the disease, he bore it and suffered so that we might be free of it. Amen. Now, how many agree? We were healed. That means we are healed. I said we were healed. That means we are. You say it's not that simple. Yes, it is. I said yes, it is. It's that simple. Amen. Now, go to Romans chapter 10. I think I even have that marked in my message tonight. Romans chapter 10. For time's sake. Verse 12, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich, is rich, is rich unto all that call upon Him. Do you see that? So what you're going to do, I'm going to call for you to come in just a minute on all three of those categories. We'll minister to others later, but on these three in particular. And you're going to come according to 1 Peter 2.24 that you are healed. Amen. You are healed because you were healed. And then you're going to come and you're going to do what? You're going to call upon His name. That's how you got saved. Salvation was already provided for you 2,000 years ago, but you did not experience it till you called upon His name. Come on, church. It's that simple. Healing is that simple. So you're going to come up tonight, and what you're going to do, you can just kind of do it under your breath. You can do it out loud if you want to, however you want to do it. As soon as your feet get in the altar and get planted up here, I want you to say this. Lord, I'm calling on your name tonight. The Word says you're rich under those that call upon your name, so I'm calling on your name for healing tonight. I'm calling on your name for healing tonight. I believe I receive it. It's mine in Jesus' name. Amen. So ushers, help me if you will. Praise the Lord. If that's you, if you've got a blood disease, get out of your seat. Come up here right now. Leah, come and help me if you will. If you've got a blood disease, any type of blood disease in your body, thank you, Lord Jesus. Or if you're suffering in your back, or if you're a woman that has problems in your, in your reproductive organs of any kind, I want you to come right now.
I want you to come right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We want everybody to get up here. Now, was I clear with that? Pretty clear. Amen. So I'm going to wait till everybody gets up here. And that anointing strong. Strong anointing here tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah, just step up here a little bit. We want to be able to help these ushers some. Step up here a little bit. So let me make sure now. Nobody's coming up. You're not standing for someone else, right? No, go, go, go. That's okay. That's okay. We'll pray for him. Amen. You're not standing for someone else. And everyone up here, it's either your skeletal structure, your back, your neck, that sort of thing, blood disease. Amen. Or it's ladies having problem with their reproductive organs. Now I want you to say this out loud. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you're rich, that you're rich unto all that call upon your name. And tonight I'm calling upon your name for healing, for healing power to flow into my body. I believe I receive it. For your word says that you took my sickness, you took my infirmity, and in the name of Jesus, I thank you tonight that what I was, I have now. I was healed, therefore I am healed. I take out of the spirit realm and apply to the now that which I need. Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus healed me 2,000 years ago. I believe in the ministry of laying on of hands. And I believe the anointing is here to set me free in Jesus' name. Now I want you to begin to worship God. Church, lift your hands and worship God with us. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, we lay hands upon them. That's it. There's that anointing right there. In the name of Jesus. Oh, there it is. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name, above every name. That's it. That's it. Let that anointing go in. In the name of Jesus. That's it. Receive that. Receive it in Jesus' name. In your body. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. That's it. Receive it. In the name, above every name. That's it. In Jesus. That's it. Receive it. That's it right there. That's it. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. That's it. Receive that. In Jesus' name. There it is. There it is. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. That's it. In the name above every name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. That's it. Now receive it. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Woo. Glory to God. Now lift your hands and worship the Lord. Lift your hands and worship God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, I just, I'm going to do it just like the Holy Ghost showed me, just like the Lord showed me to do it. I want every person in here that you have a tumor or a growth in your body, that you need that thing to disappear, I want you to stand up. If you've got a tumor or a growth in your body, and you need that tumor or that growth to disappear, I want you to stand on your feet right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Is this everybody? Anybody else need to stand? Now I want you to lift your hands up to heaven. Thank you, Father. Now, right now, in the name of Jesus, I curse that growth, that tumor, whether it be benign, cancerous, I don't care. You are invading the temple of the Holy Ghost. And in Jesus' name, I say unto you, you cannot find a place of existence in this body any longer. I command you in the name of Jesus to disappear in Jesus' name, to leave the body of God's people. And in the name of Jesus, we say die, tumor. Die, growth. Leave their bodies in Jesus' name. Now just worship the Lord. Just worship God. Father, we worship you. Father, we glorify your name. Oh, we exalt you, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord God. Now, now with that being said, you can be seated. With that being said, someone you wanted to stand, but you thought, well, that's really not me. Because you really do not have a tumor or a growth, but you have a place in your skin that is, it just stays very irritated. It's, it's, it'll, it'll scab up, and, and then it'll, it'll look like it's just about to clear up, and then it'll, then it'll, then it'll get, almost looks infected again. Then it'll, then it'll dry up, and it's this process that's been going on, and you're thinking, what in the world is that? A sore, I guess you could say that just refuses to heal on your flesh, on your body. If that's you, stand up right now. If that's you, stand up right now. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Now lift your hands up to heaven. In the name of Jesus, you sore, lesion, whatever you may be, you have no right finding your existence on the bodies of these people. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I curse you. I command you to dry up and not even to leave a mark that there'll be no scar, there'll be no mark, there'll be no place on their body where you used to exist. In the name of Jesus, go! Yeah, I hear that, Lord. I come against the word skin cancer. And I say to that word and all of its fear, be dispelled in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Heavenly Father, your healing power works in their skin. Enemy's been trying to put that in somebody's mind. You got skin cancer. You got melanoma. You got, uh, what is it, something carcinoma. You've got this in you. It's a lie from hell. And in the name of Jesus, begin to rejoice and receive your healing right now. Thank you, Lord. Come on, begin to thank Him. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We rejoice in your name. We glorify your name. We glorify your name. We glorify your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. If you have a child or a grandchild that's been ill lately and it's gone beyond the norm, it's it's what you say, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, kids will, kids will be attacked and it'll, you know, go a week, ten days, two weeks sometime. But this I see this in the spirit has gone beyond that. It's it's actually been a month going into about six weeks. And in the spirit, I see a child or a grandchild. Maybe it's both. Maybe it's both. I don't know. But you know of that situation. Would you stand up right now? Right now. Child or a grandchild? Hallelujah. Anyone else just one standing? Praise the Lord. No? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, lift your hands, worship God. We thank you, Father. Did I make myself clear, Leah? Sometimes I don't make myself clear. A child or a grandchild, that's what I see in my spirit. They're, they're not here. They're not present in this building. Do you know of someone like that? It's a nephew. What about you? It's your son. Amen. Anyone else? Thank you, Lord. What, is, what, is, what about you? Oh, well, that's it. Let's just, let's, so all for all three. Is there three standing? Do I see three? Right now, in the name of Jesus. Now, this has to stop tonight. This has to stop tonight. As a sign of your benevolent love toward people, we thank you, Heavenly Father, that your healing virtue is sent from this meeting tonight through the spirit realm coming back into the natural realm touching the bodies of the nephew the son and the daughter in Jesus name and I thank you Heavenly Father the next report they will hear, they will, hear will be well they're healed they're not sick anymore. We don't know what happened. They just are not sick anymore. Which will be your door of utterance to tell them about Jesus and to tell them about how God has touched their bodies. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Now let's lift God and thank God for it. You know, that reminds me of a... I was down in a, in a town right outside of New Orleans in an Assembly of God church. We were doing a series of meetings there. And the Lord gave me a word of knowledge on, a, on, a, on an infant child that had a, a severe milk allergy. Couldn't nurse its mother, couldn't drink milk. The, every time it would, it would just, their eyes would close up, the throat would close up. They, they'd had to resuscitate it a couple of times. A grandmother stood up, said, that's my, my grandchild. And so the child wasn't there. The child was, was present. I believe the child was in Mississippi. So that night, we prayed and agreed. The next night, I could tell something had happened. That grandmother came in. Her face was just beaming. So I could tell. So I just asked her, I said, did something happen? She said, oh, i got to tell the testimony. So she went, and of course, her daughter and son-in-laws, who it was, her grandchild, were also believers and said, in the meeting tonight, the minister called your child out, my granddaughter, your daughter, and said that she's now healed of this allergy. They immediately made her a bottle of milk and fed it to her, and nothing happened. And right on the heels of that, the mother began to nurse that child 
and that child regained its health. I tell you, God cares about people. He cares about children. Amen. Let's worship the Lord one more time. Father, we worship you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Grab my pulpit there, Danny, if you will. Hallelujah. You love the Lord? Stand on your feet one more time before I teach the Word. Give the Lord a mighty shout. Come on, give the Lord a mighty shout. Come on, give Him a mighty shout this evening. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God the Holy Ghost didn't through. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. You know, I heard years ago, years ago, I heard some teaching on contending for the move of God. And Brother Frank, that's okay if you want to go rest a little bit. I'm going to need you later. Amen. I heard teaching and particular individual who had, God had used to actually pray in and participate in two moves of God. And as God began to deal with him about a third move of God, he was actually in his late 60s and he prayed to go to heaven. He said, Lord, I don't want to go through this again. I don't want to have to suffer and go through what I've gone through the last two times you moved on me to pray and contend for a move of God. I'd rather just go to heaven. I really don't care about how old I am, but if that's what I've got to do, you know, I'd rather just go home. He said the Lord dealt with him and said, if you recognize the first time was very difficult, second time was not near as difficult, this third time will be much easier. And thank God this gentleman did obey God and stayed around and then ushered in another, what I would call another wave of the move of the Spirit of God in the body of Christ. Now let me just say this. When we talk about revival, moves of God, it really doesn't touch every facet of Christianity because there are facets of Christianity that just ain't going to have it. They're just not going to have it. They don't, they don't want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. They don't want to speak with other tongues. They don't want to hear about the new birth. They don't want healing. They don't, they don't want that. They have their religion. They have their tradition. They're, they're, uh, Paul talked about it in the perilous times, talking about uh, you know, men that will uh, deny the power of God. In the last days, we're living in that day. But there's always a remnant of people that really want to see God do something. I mean, they really want to see it. They, they don't just want to sit on the outside and look in. They want to be in the inside, be a part of what God's doing. Now, if you've ever in any way had any inkling that that was you, then you've got, you've got to recognize and realize there's some real opposition that you've brought on yourself. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, there's a much easier way. You can just sit in some dead church somewhere, apathetic and complacent, live your life out, die and go to heaven. Amen. But if you truly say, you know, I, I realize and recognize I'm living in the last of the last days and I want to see God move. I want to see the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for what we saw in the, in the healing move. Thank God for what we saw in the charismatic move and the word of faith move, the independent church move. Thank God for all of those types of things. But I want to see what God's going to do now. I want to be in the middle of it. I want to be a part of it. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to be a part of it and to do it because I tell you, I'm so hungry for God, I don't know what to do. And I don't want to die. I don't want to go to heaven. Now, in my own life, contending for personal revival, the move of God in my own life, the decisions that I've had to make, things that God, I'll never forget when the Lord spoke to me. Because I felt, 
very much in my spirit that I was really connected to revival because at that time, uh, Lakewood Church was a very revival church. It was a, it was a revival center. Today, Lakewood Church is a very inspirational place, a very exhortational place. Boy, if you need inspiration, exhortation, that's where you need to go. And there, there was a lot of information flowing back then. Today, there's a lot of information. But back, I mean inspiration. But back in those informational days, I'm telling you, there were powerful outpourings of the Spirit that were just incredible. I'll never forget one Sunday morning when I was in Bible school. We'd had just one of those runaway services. The move of the Holy Ghost had just hit that church. And, you know, there were 5,000 people. They're sitting in those rickety, Ted Neller probably remember those old rickety metal seats Brother Osteen had back then. And that particular day, a busload of Lutheran people had come to Lakewood Church because they were studying different, quote, Christian religions, and that was their day to be at Lakewood Church. About 200 of them came in a bus. And I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost flowed and moved, and people ran and danced and shouted and laughed and cried and rolled on the floor and did about everything else you could do. And I remember at the end of the service, Brother Osteen would always have somebody, usually there was a visiting minister, visiting missionary, somebody like that. He'd always have them come up and close the service. And before he did, which was kind of out of character for him, before he did, he kind of said, where are those Lutherans? <laughs> and they kind of waved, you know, kind of in the back. And he looked back and he said, I bet that thawed you out. <laughs> Well, it's his church. He can do whatever he wants to, right? But I'm telling you, that's what some people need is some thawing out. Amen? But we've got to recognize and realize when the Lord spoke to me and said, now you leave this church and you go join this little church at me. I thought, my revival days are over. I did not realize what God was doing in my life was connecting me to a place in which I could not experience the current revival that was going on, but I had to learn to contend for a new thing that God was doing in this area. And it wasn't easy at first. But we prayed and we interceded. Some of you were a part of that. And we interceded and we believed God and we stood on the Word of God and we saw a great outpouring, great outpouring of the Holy Ghost. It took place in the late 80s and into the early and mid-90s. Great outpouring of the Spirit. And then in my own personal ministry, the nation of Ireland and many of the cities and towns which I preached in and ministered in, it was the same thing. But to keep that going and to maintain it, I'm telling you, there's a price to pay. The intercession, the prayer, but that's really not the problem. The intercession, the prayer, the being, the being steady in the Word, studying the Word of God, doing it. It was the opposition that comes against you. The oppression that comes upon you. Listen, let me just say this. This may help many of you. Some of you have experienced more oppression this year. More so-called, uh, how, how can I say this? It seems like you've walked in more defeat than you have victory. More oppression. Uh, more just being beat down. More just being, and really, it's not a sign that you're not in the right place doing the right thing. It's a sign that you're in the right place doing the right thing. Or else that type of oppression would not come upon you. But I got good news. You came to the New, Year, New Year's Eve service. Amen. And that oppression is going to lift. And that so-called seemingly walking in defeat is going to lift off of you. You're going to see the true victory that you have in Christ. And you're going to begin this year on another note. You're going to begin it higher, more blessed, more inspired, more informed, more delivered, and ready to go out and do the will of God in 2018. 
Now you can blame it on me. If you want to blame somebody, go ahead and blame me. You say, why? Because that's my, how can I say it? That's my M.O. My mode of operation. I can't live without a move of God. I can't live without revival. The very first thing I told God when I came back to the Lord 33 years ago, be 34 years ago in March, began in ministry, is this. I can't live in some dead church when you're not moving, where you're not moving, and if you're bringing me back into what you're doing, I got to be a part of it. I can't live without a move of God. I, can't, I didn't know what I was saying. I can't live without revival. And immediately God sent me up to Tulsa to be in Brother Hagen's meetings and sent me over to Lakewood. And automatically it seemed like I just stepped into a move of God, stepped into revival. But then as I grew in the Lord, I began to find out I can't ride on the coattails of those that have contended for the move of God in their life I've got to do something in my own life to produce this. I can't ride on the pastor's coattails, the prophet's coattails, the evangelist's coattails. It's kind of like this. I can't eat out of their garden. I'm going to have to plant my own garden of revival. And so I begin to do that. And we've experienced, we experienced a 10-year revival in Hawaii. Some of you were a part of that and saw it. It was amazing. Some things we saw in Nicaragua. Of course, in Ireland. Other places we went to. Just amazing outpourings of the Spirit. The Spirit of God moving in unprecedented ways. Signs, wonders. I know they're in Hawaii. Many of the guys that got saved, they, they, they have a drug. It's, it's a, it's a meth-type drug. They call it ice. And it's just, just ravaged the islands. Many of those ice dealers in that Waianae area today are on staffs of churches. We went door to door. We didn't just preach in the hotel ballrooms in the churches. We'd go door to door in an area they said we could not go. And I remember walking up, and there'd be and there'd these, all these Hawaiian people in the garage, and they'd look at us like we were crazy and would say, we're here to share Jesus with you. And, talk, and they would start crying. They thought nobody ever cared about us enough to come down here and tell us about Jesus. Amen. And there was a price to pay in prayer, financially. We never made a dime off of it. You say, what do you mean by making it? Some preachers are like this. If it doesn't pay off, I'm not going to do it. If I invest 100 grand and I don't get 150 grand back, it's not God. That's, that's garbage. I'm not like that. We probably invested $250,000. You say, how much you get back? We don't care. We got souls. We saw signs, wonders, miracles. We saw churches established. The money is no issue to God. It's no issue to me. Whatever price we need to pay, we'll pay it to see God move. They're in Ireland. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I went, what was it, 39 times in, in, in 10 years. That's almost four times a year. And man, I'm telling you, when we started out, it was like walking in mud. I mean, we had no, it, we literally had to unteach Catholicism in order to teach faith. We had to undo religion so we could see God move. And the church I was connected to, Abundant Life at that time, out of those 39, they paid for nine of my trips, I paid for 30. And it wasn't until the last couple of years that literally uh, 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 money that would come in through offerings would come about and meet the need of what it cost to actually fly over there. So I invested hundreds of thousands of dollars into the move of God over there. Without there being parity with money, but all the souls that were saved, churches that were established, God moving and signs and wonders and the gifts of the Spirit. Amen? I don't really financially, it really is not an issue to me. If we invest 
a million dollars and see a soul won into the kingdom. Is that soul worth a million dollars? Was to God. He sent His only begotten Son. Amen. Now in your Bibles, if you will, turn to Galatians chapter 6. We'll go to Romans chapter 10 after that and then we'll go over to Romans chapter 14. Galatians chapter 6. And I believe this is a word for us tonight. Beginning in verse 7, be not deceived. Now, if the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, that means God's speaking to us. Amen? Galatians 6, what is that? Verse 7. If he begins that verse with this, be not deceived, we ought to pay attention to it. That means there is an opportunity, or there means there is a possibility of deception. Now, if there is an opportunity or a possibility of deception, I want to know where it's at. Where can I be deceived, Lord? If there are areas where I can be deceived, and when I begin to see this in the Word of God, this begin to, I don't want to say disturb me, but it definitely made me kind of sit up and look at it a little closer. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Now, I want you to know that particular phrase right now, there, God is not mocked, we must understand Mocking God is to say, well, God says this, but He doesn't do this. And I want you to know there's a lot of people in Christianity today that mock God. But now notice what the Scripture says. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now literally, the Holy Ghost is bringing this God-breathed revelation into the book of Galatians, which is a letter to the churches, which means the church at Galatia and the church in Galveston. And he's saying, don't get deceived on this. God is not mocked, will not be mocked. I'm going to reach back into one of my ancient laws. Way back to Genesis chapter 8, the law of, Gen the law of Genesis. Every seed reproduces after its own kind. Whatsoever a man soweth, whatsoever a woman soweth, that shall they also reap. And listen, you're not going to mock God. You say, what do you mean by that? The devil will get in your mind and say, you've given this money. You've given your time. You've done this. You've done that. There's not going to be any payoff for you. You're just going to sit there and others that, listen, that is a lie from hell. If you have given your time, if you've given your effort, if you've been on your knees praying, if you've been contending for a move of God, if you're, if, you're, if you're in the move of God saying, Lord, I want more, I want more, I want more of your spirit, more of your word, more of your presence, I want this, Lord, be not deceived. You're going to get it. God is not mocked because you're sowing, you're going to reap. A lot of times financially. That's where, God, that's where the enemy gets into people's minds. Because when you really begin to give and you really begin to tithe, you really get, begin to offer, the first thing that will happen is there will come an opposition to what you're doing. That means some financial something will happen. And you're like, man, I'm behind the eight ball. Y'all know what that means. Man, it looks, it looks like it looks my, my ship didn't come in. My, my ship sunk in the harbor. Amen. Well, I got good news. Your ship came in 2,000 years ago. And what God does is give you revelation on how to unload it. But see, the enemy's always trying to do what? To come against or oppose the Word.
And when he opposes the word in your life, when you are oppressed, when, you're come, when you come under attack, when it looks like the adversary is trying to do something to you, it is a sure sign that that word has taken hold in you and is trying to produce in you that which, that which it desires to do because within every word of God is the power for that word to bring itself to pass. And you've sowed it in your heart and you've sowed it in your life and you believe God, whether it's your finances, healing, breakthrough in a business, no matter what it is, you've sown it, a move of God, revival, you've sown it, be not deceived. Don't be deceived, Island Church. Don't be deceived, Island Church. Don't be deceived, Island Church. All of this sowing, all of this praying, all of it, there is a payoff. God will not be mocked. Oh, somebody ought to get happy. Now notice the next verse, verse 6. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of his flesh reap corruption. We had been selling weed. We hadn't been running bingo games. Amen. We hadn't been using the world system. We hadn't been, you know, selling scratch tickets or lotto numbers or trying to run an in-house, you know, what would you call it, football pool, selling squares. Amen. No, we have been sowing to what? Now notice, for he that soweth of the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. God is not mocked. For he that soweth to his flesh shall reap corruption. God is not mocked. It is not a Christian law. It's a law God put into this earth. There are people today that have sown to their flesh for years and they thought they got away with it. And now... All of a sudden, like you flip a switch, God is not mocked. God is not mocked. I, I notice all these guys on TV, you know, the, these, these movie moguls and directors that everybody knew for years what they were doing, how they abused the women, they abused the men, they abused them, and it was just kind of a given thing. You know, that if you're in Hollywood, you're going to have to do this, do that, because you got all these perverse men or perverse women out there. And those men have done what? For years. They've sown to their flesh and sown to their flesh and sown to their flesh and, so, and they thought they got away with it. Listen, Island Church, God is not mocked. You think that just happens? You think it just happens that this one gets busted, this movie star gets busted, this one gets busted, this one gets arrested because they've been molesting, they've been raping, they've been doing this all of their career? No, they literally have reaped what they have sown. And when you say God is not mocked, I'm going to tell you, let me add to that a little bit. Justice will not be mocked. And even though there are things that are legal in this nation, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. I saw where three states had made, uh, beginning tomorrow, three states have made uh, marijuana legal in their state. We were, just, we were just up at a ranch. I took Pastor Paul up to a ranch, and, and we were hunting for a few days. And, and there was a, a new ranch hand there who's a, who, who works with the cattle as a cowboy, real cowboy, not a you know, no, real cowboy. Amen. And he moved. He'd been a cowboy in Colorado his whole life. And he moved from Colorado. His family, everybody, uprooted them and moved to Texas to find a job on a ranch, found a job on the ranch of a friend of mine working cattle. 
helping with the with all of the chores. So I was, we were with him. I was talking about. I said, I said, so, so you left Colorado? Colorado? He said, yeah. I said, how long were you there? And he told me he'd been there 27 years or something like that. I said, really? He says, what what were you doing there? I said, I was working in a ranch. It was a ranch. I'm a cowboy. I, I, I have my own horse trader. I pull it around. I work cattle. Do all this kind of stuff. I said, well, why did you leave Colorado? He said, because the state's gone crazy. He says, the state's gone crazy. I said, what do you mean? He says, everybody there's stoned out of their mind. He says, you can't even drive down the street anymore. He says, I'm, I was so afraid for my family, I had to get them out of that state. Did you know people are leaving in mass out of those states because those states are so stoned on the, out of their minds on those drugs? Listen, you say, well, it's just a little recreation. No, it ain't. It is as much a drug as any other drug is a drug. And with all of that stuff that is legal, there's been an explosion of that which is illegal because that stuff is a gateway drug just like they've always said it was. God is not mocked. What's going to happen to those states? They're going to be destroyed. Their economies are going to be destroyed. The infrastructure of all that has made them a great state in this nation is going to be destroyed. But I hope one day somebody stands up in Washington and says, Hey, man, this is illegal. Although the state has passed the law, we hadn't said you can do it and shut it all down in one day. That's what justice will do. For he that soweth to of his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But now here's our verse. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life. Everybody say life. That's the word zoe. Zoe, the God kind of life, reap life everlasting. Woo, what a harvest. Now see, a lot of people read that and think, well, that's when you get to heaven. What need do you have of it when you get to heaven? There is no death. There is no debt. There is no disease. There's none of that now. You need some eternal Zoe working for you right now. And the Lord says, if you every time you come to prayer, you're sowing to the Spirit. Every time you give in the offering, you're sowing to the Spirit. Every time you come to church, you're sowing to the Spirit. Every time at your own house you bend your knee and pray, you're sowing to the Spirit. Every time you open your Bible and read and study, you're sowing to the Spirit. Every time you listen on that CD or that podcast, you're sowing to the Spirit, sowing to the Spirit, sowing to the Spirit. And God is not mocked. But now the next Verse. This is where I wanted to end up. Verse 9. And, everybody say and. A conjunction that connects it to everything else we just said. Let us not be weary in well-doing. Well, what is the well-doing there? The well-doing is what it just said, sowing to the Spirit. So which means what? In sowing to the Spirit, there could come up an element of weariness. I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like to come home from a meeting and feel like I've been beat with a ball bat. To literally, physically feel beat up. Some churches I can go to, and I can preach 10 days and come home and feel refreshed. My church is like that, and everybody that preaches in this pulpit says, man, we love preaching in your church. All we got to do is just come stand up in the pulpit and hook up, and we can just take off. You ever notice how people flow in the Holy Ghost? Pastor Mark Brzee, Pastor Sam Carr, others that come, how they're able to flow in the Holy Ghost. That's because there's a liberty here because we've contended for a move of God. We've sown to our spirit. Other churches, I've gone in and preached, and I've thought, man, if I don't get out of here, that's going to kill me. I don't know what they're sowing to. Obviously, it's not the spirit. I go to other churches. I love preaching at, at Word of Life in Shreveport. I love preaching at, at, at WOC up in Tulsa. Other churches, Pastor Randy, I love But other churches that you go to, they've not done that. And there's no flow in the Spirit. 
There's not a contending for the move of God. People are not sowing toward the Spirit. And when you get there, man, it's like your words come out of your mouth and fall on the floor. And for the Spirit of God to move, you've got to move in there, get in your hotel room, and fast and pray for two or three days to get anything going. And then once you do get something going, once it comes out of you and you do minister to the people, because God is a God of grace and a God of mercy, it so wears you out, you got to go home and recover. And the tragedy of that is many times people will enjoy the move of it, but they won't do anything to sustain it. Because it is a work to sustain a move of God. Gathering people is not hard. All you need is the charisma. But seeing a move of God is a labor of divine love. Now, let us not be weary in well-doing. Which means if we are sowing to the Spirit and of the Spirit going to reap life everlasting, then there are times which weariness is going to try to get on us. An oppression, a weight, something that will press us down, weigh us down. In which we need what? Relief. Refreshing. Said it like this in Acts chapter 4. Times of refreshing. Where? From the presence of the Lord. Let us not be weary in well-doing. Why, Lord? Why? For in due season. Now here's the thing. The Lord spoke this to me. He said, the barn is always emptiest the day before the harvest. Now you think about that for a moment. Something happened the other day. We got a report we didn't like. And I was, I just pulled my truck over. And I texted Leah this. Remember that? I texted her. Ha, 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 Didn't I? <laughs> Amen. I was driving, got this report. I thought, ha, ha, ha. I just begin to laugh. I just begin to laugh. And I begin to laugh. And then she texted me back. Ha, ha, ha. Huh? Yeah, the de- she texted back, the devil's a liar. Ha, 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 ha. And we just, both of us were on the text laughing. One way we have to do it, amen. You say, what do you mean? There has to be a response to the weariness. I said there has to. And if we will have a response to the weariness, God will send His response to the weariness because due season means that's the time in which you're going to reap and harvest time takes strength. You've got to have strength for the harvest. You've got to have endurance for the harvest. You've got to have a wherewithal for the harvest. You've got to be in there ready for the harvest of God. And in order to do it, God has to refresh you so that you can reap the harvest. But now notice it a little closer. Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, in due season, at the appointed time, we shall reap. Nobody say it with me. We shall reap. Say it again. We shall reap. Say it one more time. We shall reap. But then there's an if there. If we faint not. That's King James. Now that literally means if we don't give up. Now listen to me, church. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, There's no temptation taking you such as is common to man. Amen? 
And we can talk about all the temptations unique to, to humanity. You know, temptation to go rob the bank when you don't have any money. Temptation to do drugs. Temptation to do alcohol. Temptation to be immoral. All these temptations. But when it comes to the body of Christ and people that have been delivered, the temptation catalog gets a lot smaller. I mean, God, God the devil can't tempt me with drugs or alcohol or immorality. of any. I mean, he don't even try that anymore. He's taken that out of his repertoire. If he's not taking that out of your repertoire, then get saved. Amen. But what he does, his greatest temptation to the body of Christ is this. The temptation to give up. To just quit. And that's one of the most heartbreaking things, especially when you watch an individual or you watch a family or you watch a couple that's believing God and standing and believing God and standing and believing God and standing and right before their miracle happens, they give up and they quit. And they walk off. And they don't go somewhere else. They just quit. They just walk. I'll never forget watching a particular minister, minister here at the church, and stand in a particular place where a particular, uh, some particular people used to sit and literally describe to the T their condition. Literally to the T. You remember that, Lee? We were in shock. Lee and I were going, oh, my God, my Lord, have mercy. Because they stood, and by the Spirit, Describe that pre those people's condition to the T. But about three months before that, they fainted. They gave up. And the provision of God was right there in the house of God, in the body of Christ, where they needed it to be, but they gave up. I've seen that happen in my own ministry. Where I would give something out, and there'd be no response, and I'd think, did I miss it? Now, I've missed it before. I've missed it many times. And I'd get back to my hotel room and I'd begin to pray because that always bugs me. And the Lord said, no, I just wanted you to give that out because the people would know that the people that needed that, that that was for, that they gave up. But I didn't give up. They did. God doesn't give up. Your provision's coming. Your provision's on its way. Your provision's going to show up. You say, why? Have you sown to the Spirit? Have you prayed? Have you given? Have you believed God? Then I guarantee you, you have something coming your way. You have something coming your direction. And your adversary will do anything he can do to try to get you to, do, to be weary and well-doing so that you will give up, faint, and quit right at the point of your miracle. That's why we, th th this is a fight of faith. That's what it's called, a fight of faith. Now, real quick. Back to Romans 10. Here's our solution. Romans chapter 10, just like we said when we ministered healing there. Romans chapter 10. Did I say Acts? I meant Romans. Excuse me. Romans 10. Isn't this a great way to start a new year? Celebrate New Year's Eve. Verse 6, But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above. Verse 7, who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ again from the dead. But what saith thee, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith. Everybody say word of faith. There's, there's not a word of faith movement. There's a word of faith that comes from the word of God. The word of faith which we preach. 
that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For the hard man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever. Woo! Well, let's just include everybody, dear Lord. Whosoever. Oh, somebody ought to get happy about that. Not just the pastor, not just the preacher. Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. I forget where we were. Somewhere. And someone was, who were we? Anyway, there were some things mentioned about, about prayer. Somebody will say, you know, just, just, you could just play, pray quietly in your mind. That was the statement that was made. Quietly in your mind. Well, that never got me anything. Amen? Listen, number one, you have a belief system. We've taught and taught and taught and are going to teach more on that. It is your heart and your mouth. The Word of God has the ability to convince your heart the reality of that which you do not contact with your senses. It needs an expression. The primary way in your, which your faith is released is by saying it. Thank you, Lord, for our building. Thank you, Lord, for our building. Thank you, Lord. How many times are you going to say that, preacher, until we walk in that building? Thank you, Lord, for my healing. Thank you, Lord, for my prosperity. Thank you, Lord, for my breakthrough. Thank you, Lord, for my business taking off. Thank you, Lord, for my invention. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You've got to begin to declare what is in your heart. You've got to do it on a continual basis. Every day you have an opportunity to go into doubt and unbelief. Every day you need to speak your faith. Every day you need to say, I'm healed. I'm blessed. I'm delivered. God is my God. Jesus is my Lord. The Holy Ghost is in me and upon me. You will rise or fall to the level of what you constantly say. And you can't come to church and put on a pretty face and act all holy and righteous and say, oh, yes, thank you, Lord, for our building, and go home and say, they'll never get in that building. That'll never happen. The problem is you'll give up. You'll faint before it ever happens while the rest of us go into it. You can't say, well, I'm never going to receive healing. The doctor keeps giving me a bad report. I don't care what the doctor says. You keep declaring your health. You keep declaring your healing. And the day will come where they will have to say, we don't know what's happened, but there ain't no cancer in your body. There's no diabetes in your body. There's no arthritis in your body. You've been healed in Jesus' name. How can you say that, Pastor? Because the Lord is rich. Unto all that call upon Him. That's why we had those people come up here and call upon the Lord. you got to call upon... He doesn't get weary. The Bible says He doesn't slumber or sleep. So I'm going to get some. It's amazing the statistics on what stress produces. What is stress? Anxiety. Basically worry. They say it produces everything from, from heart disease to cancer to high blood pressure to all kinds of addictions, just plain worry. And people, once they begin to worry, worry over things that are ridiculous. I had a friend. He's still a friend of mine. Something happened. There was one of the, ter- it may have been the bombing in uh, Boston. The marath- Remember the marathon bombing? It's been two or three, four or five years ago, something like that. 
And I remember I ran into him, and he was like, did you see what happened? Al-Qaeda is in America. I said, okay. And that's what he told me. I need a gun. And I asked him, do you know how to shoot a gun? He said, no, but I need one. I said, what would you do with one if you had it? I'd be ready for Al-Qaeda. Amen. Say, what'd you do, Pastor? I took him down to the gun store, got him a gun. He paid for it, amen. I didn't buy it. I wasn't going to buy it for him, but I knew where to get him one, amen. And you know that did not stop his worrying. To this day, he still talks about Al-Qaeda. He still talks about all these terrorists. He still talks about you never know whether it's going to be domestic or foreign terrorism. Terrorism is all around. And he's, he's all afraid. I met a guy one time that was freaked out about the stock market. And I asked him, do you know what the stock market is? He said, no. How many know what the stock market is? Don't raise your hand. I, did, I don't want to. I didn't know what it was for years. I had to go look it up and do some study to find out actually the conglomeration of businesses that come together and create what is it? The, uh, the, 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 the Dow Jones and the, uh, there's, I think there's three of them now. I had no idea. All I knew was when it's down, oh boy. When it's up, all right. And you don't. Amen. People worry about that. No, 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 no. The Lord is rich unto all that call upon His name. 2018 needs to be a year in which you say, and you say, and you say, and you say, and you worship God, and you say, and you thank God, and you say, and you worship God from your heart, and you say what the Word says, say what the Word says, say what the... It doesn't matter what the circumstance, matter what the situation. Don't be weary in well-doing. God is not mocked. Now, since you're in Romans, go to chapter 14 real quick. I'll wind this up. Is this helping anybody? Now, notice Romans 14. Verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now notice that again. For the kingdom or the dominion of God is not in meat and drink, but in righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So if you want anything in life, you want God to set up His kingdom in your life, where He has dominion in your life. He does not take dominion. You have to give Him dominion. He desires to set up His kingdom in your life, so as it is in heaven, it may also be on earth in your life. Do you realize that? That's how much God loves you. That's how much God cares about you. He doesn't want the family in heaven being so blessed, having no problems, having no situation, and the family on earth being under the bondage of the adversary. He wants deliverance. He wants blessing. That's why he sent Jesus, his only begotten son, to restore dominion to us. Everybody say dominion. I, I, I saw a deal about a guy. He wasn't an wasn't a atheist, but he wasn't a Christian. 
And back during the time of the Vietnam War, it was, I believe, was it 68 or 69, they had what was called the Tet Offensive, in which both the, 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 the North Vietnamese Army and the Viet Cong all at one time attacked all these villages, all these different places. And so this guy wrote a commentary. I believe it was in the Washington Post, wrote this commentary about that. And he mentioned God in his article, and he said this about God. And he's put in there, he said, now I'm not an atheist or an agnostic. I believe there is a God. I believe there is a supreme, a supreme being. I do not claim to be a Christian, but this is what I've noticed about Christianity. They claim God is in control of everything. They claim God is in control of everything. And this is what he wrote in his article. If God is in control of everything, he sure has everything messed up. Right on the heels of that offensive when many of our soldiers were killed. There were riots in our nation. A, a great civil leader, Martin Luther King, had been assassinated that year. There were riots in America. There was war in Vietnam. There was things going on in Israel, things going on in Russia. I mean, it was just everything was crazy. Some of y'all remember those days. So he wrote in his commentary, if God's in control of all this, he sure has it in a mess. And the thing is, God is not in control of all of this. God's only in control of what you put Him in control of or only that which He has the permission to set His kingdom up or His dominion up in. And what He wants to do in your life is to set up His kingdom or His dominion and actually we can say it like this, where He is in total control of you. And it only comes by permission. That means you have to let Him do it. You have to yield because the more you yield yourself unto Him, the more He takes control of you. You yield your finances. You yield your time. You yield your talent. You yield everything else about you to the Lord. That's why some people just sit in church all their life and others end up in Africa as missionaries. Because some people are willing to give God total dominion, total control. Any place you say go, anything you say do. In my life, that's how it was. When I finally got right with God, got in enough meetings to be touched by His Spirit, informed by His Word, inspired by what He wanted to do in my life, I prayed that prayer. Lord, anywhere you want me to go, anything you want me to do, if you want me to be a janitor, I don't care. I'll be the best janitor in any church you send me to. I don't care what it is. I want your dominion in my life. Well, I knew what He was going to do because I knew I was called to preach from the time I was 17. And I, res I still resisted, I still resisted, but little by little, that resistance broke down, my will broke down, and I prayed that prayer, not my will, but thine be done, and meant it from my heart. And the first thing that I begin to realize is this, for the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but in righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. I begin to get a revelation of my right standing with God. That removed my sense of inferiority. I had a sense of inferiority. I had been away from God for over 12 years. I had shook my fist at God and said, I will not preach. I will not serve you. I will not do what you tell me to do. I've walked away from the church. I've walked away from my faith. I've walked away from it all. That will produce a real sense of inferiority in you. A sense of worthlessness. And definitely a sense of unholiness. Because you'll live, if you do that, you will live an unholy lifestyle. I had lived for 12 years a very unholy lifestyle. But the first thing that God did, because the first thing that God wants you to do after you're born again is He wants you to renew your mind. 
Romans chapter 12, verse 1. So that you can control your thoughts so that you will not be under the dominion of your adversary. And I begin to renew my mind, and I begin to see I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God accepts me just like he accepts his son. He takes me into his bosom, and he holds me. He cares about me. He desires to bless me. He has a plan for my life. He has a calling. He has a destiny. He wants to do it, and he wants to do it in a supernatural way. And I'm not inferior to anybody. And his blood has cleansed me. And I have his righteousness. And I could do nothing to earn it. Nothing to get it. He gave it to me as a gift. Part of the salvation package. And unless you know that or understand that. Then you're always going to have a sense of inferiority. And you will not pray with boldness. You will not walk in authority with boldness. And you'll always settle for something less. Than what God really wants you to have. So you have to have righteousness. Secondly. You need some peace. Peace is not manifest when everything is okay. When everything is okay, everything is okay. You don't need peace when everything's okay. You need peace when there's a storm. I heard an illustration years ago about a king that demanded of an artist to paint a portrait of peace. Actually demanded at the cost of his life. You paint what I want or I'll hang you in the gallows. So he, you know, at the, at the expense of his own life, he painted this beautiful portrait of a, of, a, of a beautiful meadow and sheep asleep and a beautiful oak tree. And he brought it and says, that doesn't say peace to me. So I'll give you another chance. He went and painted a beautiful ocean scene with a very serene uh, ocean, no storm, a beautiful blue sky, a few fluffy clouds and seagulls. He brought it to the king. The king said, nope, that's not it. I'll give you one more chance. So the guy went and prayed. He said, oh, Lord. You're going to have to show me what peace means. And so this time, he painted a gray sky. He painted a stormy ocean with the wind whipping the waves. He painted an old tree bent over and gnarled by, by the storms and by the wind of the area in which it was. He planted a rocky coastline, very rocky. And in that tree, he painted a little bird's nest. And he painted a mama bird. And under that mama bird, he painted a little bird asleep under her wing. And he showed that to the king, and the king says, now that's peace. And what peace is, is in the middle of your worst storm, on your worst day, when everything is going wrong, when the devil is attacking your mind, when you're actually weary and well-doing, when the devil's screaming in your mind, give up, quit, this don't work, it's all a lie, forget it, it's not going to happen. That's when the Holy Ghost will take you and bring you right under his wing. And you'll lay back, you'll go to sleep at night, you'll get up in the morning rejoicing and thanking God because the peace of God that passes all understanding will garrison or guard your mind. And when he screams at you that you're going broke, you'll text to your wife, ha, 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 ha. When he tells you it's not going to happen, it's been three years that you bought the land, you'll put your hands up and go, thank you, Lord, for our building. And see, God wants us walking in that peace. And then the last thing, I'll close with this. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Now, not just joy, you know, because the Cowboys won. We call that Roy's joy. Where'd Roy go? 
He already bailed, huh? Roy's joy. He likes the Cowboys. And people get joy and happiness mixed up. Happiness is contingent upon circumstance. I mean, if I had a big stack of $100 bills that equaled $10,000 and I handed it to you automatically, you would begin to manifest happiness. A smile would come on your face. Most people, all they do is clap. But someone may dare shout or run or jump up and holler, amen. I used to love, let's make a deal. And not, not, and what's the other one? We watched it the other day, uh, um, where they spun the big wheel. Come on now, price is right. Because you don't have to win nothing. All you got to do is come on down. And they're like, Whoa! they go nuts. You ever notice that? I thought to myself, now that's the way believers need to be. They hadn't won the car. They hadn't spun the wheel. They ain't got no money. All they've been is chosen. Come on down. Woo! <laughs> it was the same way with let's make a deal. You know, all they had to do was be chosen. Didn't have to win nothing. Door number one, door number didn't make any difference. Just choose me, and I'm going to freak out. <laughs> Amen. Now, that's happiness. But we've been chosen by God. We're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. And daily, the Holy Ghost is saying, come on down. They say, come on down. Now, the Bible says, count it all joy. Now, here's, the, here's what separates the cream from the sour milk. The problem with a lot of us is immediately upon the attack of the adversary, we can tell you're going through something. Not by the joy which you're demonstrating, but by the, by, by the trauma of what you're going through. You know those questions, how are you doing? I like, I like this one. You all right? Doing okay? I never answer those. Amen? You say, why? I don't want my joy interrupted. The Bible says, count it all joy when you fall into divers. Now, notice it didn't say when you walk into them. So a lot of people don't have joy because they don't fall into it. They walk into it. You say, what do you mean by that? It's self-inflicted. You know, you're walking this direction, doing the wrong thing, not serving God the way you should, and you walk right into this horrible situation, and you think, well, that preacher wants me to have joy. I can't get it. No, you can't. But then some of us are just walking, walking with the Lord, walking in faith, and we fall. A temptation to be sick, a temptation to be broke, a temptation to be discouraged. The Bible says, count that joy. Everybody say joy. Count it all joy. You say, why? Because God is going to produce in you a path of deliverance out of that circumstance or situation that's going to amaze you and show you that what sustained you through that was joy. Amen. What's it say over in Romans 5? We joy in, not for, in tribulation. 
I heard a preacher. What, what got me that message years ago was driving to Corpus Christi to preach in a camp meeting and listening to this denominational preacher talk about how God gives you tribulation so that you can have patience. And the more he preached on that, the more discouraged I got. You know, God's going to give you this disease and he's going to bankrupt you a couple of times and you'll go through a couple of but I'm telling you he's working a divine plan in your life and I'm like not me so I went and studied and prayed in the Holy Ghost till I began to see in the word of God it says it says that it worketh patience it worketh patience, does not produce patience, but causes patience to be activated when we joy right in the middle of the worst situation of our life. Now, you got to understand, the devil is a bully. He will pick on you, and he will hit you with a problem, hit you with a trial, hit you with a temptation, trying to see what your reaction is going to be. Because a bully's like that, because most bullies are cowards. And Satan is the consummate coward. So he'll hit you to see what your reaction. And if you cower upon his blow, upon his hit, what's he going to do? Same thing a bully does. He's going to hit you again. And you cower again. He hits you again. And you cower again. And people say, I've heard people say, I'm telling you, I'm going through this, and I'm going through that. And you go, that's because the first time you should have got full of joy. Well, I don't feel joy. Joy is not felt. Happiness is felt. Joy is experienced based on your choice. Now, if you study the definition of joy, joy includes singing, dancing, laughing. People didn't understand Brother Hagin in his last days when he was traveling around doing Holy Ghost meetings, and he'd get drunk, and he'd ha, 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 and he'd laugh. And other times, he was just as sober as a priest, and he'd just get up and just start laughing and start going, ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Brother so-and-so just got diagnosed with terminal cancer. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. And sister so-and-so, she just lost her business, went into bankruptcy. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha. And people would think, he's crazy. But he wasn't crazy. What he was doing was manifesting joy in the midst of the worst circumstance, which is totally opposite to the human experience. Remember, the human experience is based on the fall, but divine experience is based on redemption, which means I don't care what I'm going through. I've got an answer. I've got a way out. The Bible says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Charles Capps used to say, I never saw the shadow of a dog bite anybody. Amen? I will what? Fear. No, he didn't say I won't feel it, but he said I won't fear it. Amen. And when you begin to realize what the devil is after, he wants your faith, yes. He wants your hope, yes. He wants to destroy your prayer life, yes. He wants to get you out of the church, yes. He wants to destroy your marriage, yes. But one thing, he does not want you in any way whatsoever to show or manifest is what? Joy. He don't want no joy on you. He don't want no joy in you. He don't want no joy around you because he knows the dominion of God, the kingdom of God manifests itself in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And joy is a sign, what? The Holy Ghost is there. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Amen? 
And some of you, the Spirit of God will begin to move. People will start getting blessed. Then the joy of God will begin to move. Now, when I used to see it, I used to laugh. Not in the Holy Ghost, at them. I was preaching a meeting. I forget where I was. I was somewhere up in central Texas, and a lady that used to attend our church in Pasadena, First Assembly of God, she came to me and she said, of all the young men that make a preacher, you surprise me more than anyone else. I said, why? She said, you were the meanest little kid I ever knew in my life. And we were pretty bad. We, we really were not nice. I mean, people would give messages in tongues, and we'd start laughing. And, you know, people would run, and we'd, and we would, yeah, I mean, it, it's just, we're just mean little Pentecostal kids is all we were. But then I come back into the move of God, and it's kind of like I picked up where I left off. I go into a Brother Hagin meeting, he's teaching on prayer. And about the third day, he gets up, and he gets up, and he stands up, and he goes, well, ha, ha, ha. And he starts telling about a story about when the enemy tried to kill him and his heart quit beating and he started laughing. And then he tried to kill him again the same night, four times in the same night, and he just started laughing. And then he tried to do it again and he just started laughing. And he said, I had to pull the cover up over my head. Then I had to go get in the closet. Then I had the pillow, pillow over my head. And the devil, I would ask him every time, what you laughing at? What you laughing at? He said, I'm laughing at you, devil. He said, why are you laughing at me? He says, you trying to kill me and you can't kill me in Jesus' name, so I'm just laughing at you. The devil hates to be laughed at. He wants your joy. Because if he can get your joy, he's got your praise. He's got your worship. He's got your song. He's got your giving. He's got everything righteous about you. And he knows he has your peace. But if he can't get your joy. You say, what do you mean? We need to go in to 2018 laughing at the devil, at everything he's tried to do, at everything he thinks he's going to stop, at everyone that's been diagnosed, everyone that's had a breakdown, a fall over, a run over, whatever you want to call it, a run down, a freak out. A flip out, I don't know, whatever. Amen. Here you were last year, I'm going to lose 100 pounds and you gain 100. Ha, ha, ha. Amen. I'm going to save $1,000 and you lost $1,000. I'm going to do this and it didn't get done. And the devil's been in your mind calling you a loser, saying you're never going to make it, faith doesn't work. You need to look at the devil and say, ha, ha, ha. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Go to the keyboard, Brian. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Some of you just ought to pull your phone out, text it to yourself. <laughs> ha, ha, ha.
now I heard Brother Hagin minister this way. Saw others do it. So I asked God, how does that work? And the Lord said to me, then I heard some teaching on it. He said, now when the anointing comes. He said, when you get within about two to three feet of people. <laughs> he said, it'll just jump off on them. <laughs> Amen. Now that's if they're receptive. So sometimes I look for receptive people. I mean, you don't want to go stand in front of some old sourpuss, you know, that looks up at you like, he don't know what I'm going through. <laughs> right? But if you're receptive to the anointing, you just get within two or three feet, and it just jumps off on you. <laughs> and I try to keep it from bouncing back on me because I got to conduct the service. Amen. Well, some of you so need the refreshing of the Lord and to allow yourself. <laughs> She's a sucker for it every time. Amen. But he said about two feet. <laughs> right? Some of them don't even need that, do they, Jim? Two feet is what he said. <laughs> Amen. And it'll just jump off. Whew. Just jump off. <laughs> Amen. Because some, some people just need it. They just need it. Refreshing. Whew. Amen. Refreshing. Refreshing. Whew. Amen. A good day. It's a good day when you get refreshed from the presence of the Lord. There it is right there. I just received that. <laughs> yeah, see? About two feet away. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Isn't that right, Doc? He knows it. Laughter is the best medicine. If we could write a prescription for it, we could get a lot of people healed. 
for the joy of the Lord. <laughs> a merry heart doeth good. A merry heart doeth good. A merry heart doeth good. <laughs> like a medicine. Amen. Sometimes you just need to take your medicine. Some people need some medicine. <laughs> they need some medicine. Amen. They need some medicine, don't they? <laughs> the devil thought he defeated you, beat you up, beat, beat up your brain, made you think all these crazy thoughts. And here you sit tonight, Jesus loves you, Jesus cares about you. <laughs> Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Thought you weren't going to make it. Here you are. God's blessing your life. <laughs> Amen. Isn't that right, John? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ain't, don't even know where you're at, who you with. <laughs> Just showed up. I'm here. <laughs> He's one of our visitors. Isn't that good? The joy of the Lord. Two feet. Yep, that's it. <laughs> well, glory to God. Hallelujah. knew what I was going through. Ha, ha, ha. If you only knew what I'd been through, Patty. and worship God. <laughs> 
Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Now, now, Julio, that's your name, right? Now, there are some people, and I don't know how to describe it. I just kind of see it in the Spirit. You, Yeah, I see that, Lord. You would consider to be close or friends or whatever. But every time they talk to you, it just brings you down. They, they just bring you, they'll, they'll say some things to you and you'll, and all of a sudden all this stuff will start going in your mind, going in your mind, going in your mind. And literally twice this year, this year it has set you back in your faith. And the Lord says, be wise. There are those that do not communicate to you in righteousness. That does not mean you need to just discount them, but you need to be careful when they communicate to you. Because just a few phrases few things that are said that they may think they know or not know can set you back because it begins a process in your mind that it sometimes takes you months to recover and the Lord says you don't have months to recover there are things that are going to happen this year very quickly that you need to be sharp and on your faith and ready to receive and they're not conducive to helping you receive but there are there, there are those that are amen does that help you thank you Lord now lift your hands and worship God Thank you, Jesus. Now, that's good for anybody. That's a good word for everybody. Sure, there are those that are friends and are close and, and that may even serve God. But it, listen, if every time you talk to them, they bring you down, and that does not enhance your faith, and that it does not create something righteous and good in you, and many times, thank you, Lord, I see that. It begins a process that throws you into a setback. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, Lay aside every sin and every weight that does so easily beset us. The, the, the Amplified says that which would entangle us. I always taught it as a backlash, like in a fishing reel when you get a backlash. I don't go fishing to deal with backlashes. I go fishing to catch fish. I don't want to deal with a backlash. But sometimes you hear one word or one phrase or an innuendo is made or sometimes people just talk out of their offense. They just speak out of their offense. Well, they need to be healed of that. But if it gets into your mind, then the enemy will begin to create scenarios in your mind. And next thing you know, you're, you're drifting toward unbelief. And then you have to restart again. And you've got to build yourself back up. God doesn't want you doing that. God, God wants you in a receptive mode at all times. Righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. Peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Oh, in the Lord good. Now lift your hands again and worship Him. We worship You, Father. We glorify Your name. We exalt You in this house. For many desire a prophecy, a word, a prognostication, an indication of that which the future holds and brings. 
But you must understand this night, that which pertains unto you is based more on what you're going to do and not what I'm going to do. For I've already set things in motion and already planned things on your behalf and have already <coughs> aimed particular blessings, anointings, increases in healings at your life. And if you make a decision to keep yourselves positioned in the place of faith and righteousness with joy and peace upon you, celebrating the goodness of your God and that which He does on your behalf, you will do more to determine the outcome of your year than anyone else. And you will set the stage and standard. And you will see the year become that of victory and glory in your life. So decide this night, I've received a word from God. I've got something from His Spirit into my spirit that's caused my spirit to leap and rejoice in knowing that I can make a stand of faith. I can take my mouth and begin to frame the world that I live in. I can undo that which the enemy has done. I can rejoice and speak the Word of God and see its power manifest in all that He desires that is good and right in my life. If you will maintain that standard in faith, through the days of the coming year, at this time next year, you will look back and say, look what the Lord has done. And your garden shall produce harvest, and your soil shall be fertile, and the seeds that you have planted shall reproduce after their own kind, for truly God is not mocked. And for many of you, this can begin a new season of sowing, righteousness, goodness, and joy into your life that will produce a harvest of great blessing. Surely there is that which I desire to do in bringing many, many into salvation. Surely that is there in your midst which I desire to do in producing a facility which will bring glory into my name and ignite something in this entire area in which the flames of it can leap around this planet that will cause great blessing to come. But you must stand in the days of weariness and allow joy to overwhelm you as by a conscious decision and not a feeling, you ha, ha, ha at the weariness, at the attack, at the report, at that which the enemy tries to do. You glory in tribulation. You count it all joy. You turn the tactic of your adversary back up on him. And you walk in a procession of divine, overwhelming victory in your life. It has been provided. It has been supplied. So rejoice in it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Ushers, you can come. Praise the Lord. We invite every person in here tonight to receive communion. You say, well, Pastor, I'm not a member of this church. Yes, you are. You're a member of the body of Christ. We invite every person to receive communion as we begin to wrap up the service tonight. Hallelujah. We'll turn to the Scripture in just a moment. But let me just exhort you this year. I'm going to do my best 
to hear from God, to teach the word that I need to teach, to minister under the anointing, under the anointing. I'm not going to run off. Many doors are open for me, but I'm still called to Pastor Island Church. And that's not a problem for me. For I love teaching the Word of God, ministering in the Spirit. I might have to leave a couple of times this year, but I'm not going to make a habit of it. But I invite you to increase your walk. To step up another notch in your study of the Word of God, in your prayer life. In your consecration to the Lord. In your participation in the church that God has planted you in. There will be ample opportunity for us this year to be a blessing to people. To be a blessing to people. To be a blessing to people. There will be ample ample opportunity this year for us to lead people to Jesus. To see those that are in darkness come into light. Those that live in death to come into life. Freely we have received, freely we need to give. And expect, the Lord over several times tonight has said, suddenly and immediately, suddenly and immediately. What these are are manifestations of processes of faith. Years ago in ministering to a young lady, I remember I remember her because of the Word. And many, 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 much of what I say when I'm in the Spirit, I don't remember. Leah, I always ask Leah, what did I say to that person? What did I say to this person? But I remember there are times when what's said is so profound. And by the Spirit, I could see that this young lady was really going through a trial of her faith. I could see that she was faithful, that she was a woman of faith. She's a woman that confessed the Word, a woman that prayed, a woman that believed God. And by the Spirit, the Holy Ghost gave me a beautiful illustration of a rose and what it takes to produce a rose. How many like roses? Anybody like roses? They're beautiful flowers. And if you were to grow a rose bush from seed. Now most of us in the springtime will go down to the, to the, to the store and purchase a, 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 an already grown plant and just plant it in the ground. But it's much more difficult to produce a rose bush from seed than it is even from a cutting or, or to produce a rose from a plant. That's really the shortcut or the easy way. But to actually produce a rose from seed is very difficult. And many times our life of faith is like that. To germinate the seed, to plant the seed in the correct soil, to raise the plant up, to nurture it, to keep the weeds away from it, to fertilize. That's a long, tedious process until the bud comes. And this is what's amazing about a rose bush. Is the bud comes upon the plant and overnight it opens and blooms. And there's that beautiful flower. And we think that happened overnight when it really didn't happen overnight. It was a long, tedious process to get that thing to bloom. And in that word to that young lady, that was exactly what she needed to hear. That you've come to the point in which the bloom has set itself. And overnight, the rose will bloom and open up. And it's amazing that the Lord brings that to my memory tonight. Of all the years that we minister people. All the words, most of them, like I say, I don't even remember. But that particular one had an impression upon me. And I say that to Island Church tonight. Through the process that we've been through over the years, where we started with the seed of righteousness, that the bloom has set. It's there now. 
and it's going to open overnight. And those suddenlies and immediatelys that we've believed God for are going to happen right in our midst in this coming year to give glory to God. But not just to give glory to Him, but to give glory to what He says and to how He says to respond to what He says. To prove that the process is true. What it said in Romans chapter 10, which is the word of faith which we preach. We've taught on love and we know how much we need it now. How much faith worketh by love. But then there is that only element that pleases God. Love never fails. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. And faith is the most powerful, productive force upon this planet that will get you through anything in this life and get us to anything God says belongs to us in Jesus' name. Amen. How are we doing, Doc? Just about. If you haven't been served, raise your hand up right now. If you need, there's some few in the back. Cody, you guys good? Everybody back there? Okay. Praise God here on that back row. Okay, we'll wait on them. Howley, let me go find my scripture. The two ordinances of the church, water baptism, communion, sacred, holy. Jesus initiated it at the Last Supper on the road to Emmaus with the disciples that were with Him, broke bread. Then they're in 1 Corinthians. You can turn over there if you like in the Bible. Get over there. First Corinthians eleven. And what's amazing, it's always amazed me that God did not use somebody that had been at the Last Supper. Peter, James, John, Matthew. Why didn't he use somebody that was there? You know why? Because that would have made that group of men, when it came to communion, exclusive. But understand, everyone in here understand this tonight. God does not want to exclude. He wants to include. Amen. He wants to include every whosoever that will call upon his name. You say, why is that? For he is rich. Call upon His name for healing, for prosperity, for deliverance, for whatever you need in your life. So He delivers unto the Apostle Paul. It says in verse 23, For I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which He was betrayed, took bread. Could you imagine the pressure? Knowing that what, what was fixing to befall Him through the suffering. The Bible calls it His passion. Through the suffering upon the cross, the denial of His disciples, the pressure that must have been upon Him, where His humanity rose up, Lord, if there's any other way, knowing what was to befall Him, but still He refused to disconnect from covenant activity. Now think about that for a moment. In the pressure of life, stay connected to covenant activity. 
say, well, Pastor, that's hard. You know, when I, when I really begin to look at the phrase connected to serving God, loving God, obeying God, and you connect the phrase, it's hard, I always think back to when I wasn't serving God, wasn't doing right, how really hard that was. And compared to that, this is really easy. Amen. It says, For I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which you was betrayed, took bread. Everybody take the bread. It said, And when he had given thanks, he break it. Everybody break it. And he said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken, I love the phrase, for you. Everybody say, for me. He said, This do ye in remembrance of me. Now the word remembrance is literally a covenant term in which those ancients used to cut blood covenants with families. Families would cut covenant one with another. The word remembrance in those covenants always put each family in remembrance of the terms of the covenant. Which ought to put us in remembrance of the terms of our covenant. Terms like, by His stripes ye were healed. Terms like, my God shall supply all our need according to His riches and glory. Terms like, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. So in remembrance and in honor of the broken body of the Lord Jesus Christ, receive of the bread. It said after the same manner, which means He took it. And we know at that particular time, a particular cup was established upon the Passover table because communion comes out of the Jewish Passover ritual in which usually the goblet upon the table of the family uh, celebrating the Passover, that was their most precious possession. Usually it was made out of a silver or gold depending upon the wealth of the family. It was filled with a certain amount of wine. And it was left in the center of the table, never to be touched. Never to be touched. Until the Messiah himself reached and took what was called on the Passover table, the cup of the Messiah. Could you imagine what it felt like to be in that Passover meeting with Jesus himself and he reached and took that cup. Now he gives us the right to do what? To reach and take that cup because we are now in Him. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Oh, hallelujah. After the same manner, he also took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it. There's that term again. In remembrance of me. The blood of Jesus purchased the church. The blood of Jesus washes your sins away, eradicates the sin nature. The blood of Jesus is part of our healing covenant for the blood flowed down his back when he was striped with a cat of nine tails. In remembrance and in honor of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, receive of the cup. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now lift your hands and worship the Lord. Lift your hands and worship the Lord. Now, as we close tonight, if you were not ministered to for healing in your body, you say, Pastor, I need healing in my body. 
I want you to stand on your feet right now. If you were not ministered to, but you feel like you need to be ministered to, you'd like to be ministered to for healing in your body, stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Hallelujah. Could you come down real quick? Church, will you stay with us just for a moment as we minister to these? Come down real quick. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Now, we're going to do the same thing. He is rich to those that do what? How many know what what the Word says? Romans chapter 10. Call upon His name. Every one of you say out loud, I'm calling on His name. Say, I'm calling on His name for healing in my body. Amen. Now, let me ask you in particular, what is it? What is it you need healing for? Father, we thank you for healing. Father, I thank you that these reports, which continue to come at her and to influence her, will have to bow their knee to the report of the Lord. For you've not given her a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Now we as a witness, and when I say we, this entire church, who have watched her over the last few months and years, do testify of no evidence of that which they say. We see no depression. We see no bipolar manifestation. We see none of that. So, Father, if anything lingers outside the body, when she's at home alone, out in public, where the enemy would try to attack her, we rebuke it in Jesus' name. And we declare the doctors will have to report that she no longer has this in Jesus' name. Now, what about you? Amen. So you, you, and you lost your job today. Well, thank God you came to church tonight. Amen. Amen. Do you have pain in your back right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, right between her shoulder blades and right down to the small of her, there it is right there, in Jesus' name. Thank you for healing in her back. And I break the grief off of her now in Jesus' name. Grief, let her go. Now, Now there it is. There it is. Now lift your hands up. There you go. Lift your hands up. Thank you, Lord. Now move you back a little bit. There you go. Now move it some more. Now where'd the pain go? It's gone, isn't it? (laughs) Now we command that grief to loose her. And let her go. Let her go. In Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you for a new job. A better job in 2018 than she's ever had before. What do you do? Uh, say that again. You're a home health aide. Father, give her the best home health aid job. You live on the island? On Galveston Island. I thank you for it, Father. I agree with her faith, and I thank you that she'll have it in Jesus' name. Amen.
Now, what about you? In the name of Jesus. Now, we thank you, Father, for healing in her arm that the effect of this fall, there it is. Ooh, In Jesus' name. Mm. The effect of this fall is removed now. This side, Leah. Right up under her. There it is right there. There it is right there. Go. Healing. 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 That's it. That's it. That's it. Now, now, now move a little bit. Let's move a little bit. of Jesus I rebuke arthritis diabetes we speak to you now in Jesus name take authority over you speak to his pancreas the name of Jesus come alive in the name of Jesus Jesus name I rebuke it command it to go and I thank you father for your voice in his life a word in his spirit saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. Spirit of God says, follow peace. Follow peace. Follow peace. Isaiah 55. Follow peace. You shall go out forth with peace. Hallelujah. Follow peace. You move to the right. No peace. Don't go that way. You move to the left. No peace. Don't go that way. You go forward. No peace. Don't go that way. You go back. No peace. Follow peace. It'll never lead you wrong. Now what about you? In the name of Jesus, I rebuke that foul eczema off of her. Skin, you respond now to the anointing. Now lift your hands up, sweetheart. In the name of Jesus. That's it. That's it. Receive now. Say that, Father, I call upon your name. For you are rich. For you are rich unto salvation and unto healing. Unto healing. By his stripes, I was healed. I am healed. I am healed in Jesus' name. Amen. We agree. Yes, ma'am. Well, we rebuke that. In Jesus' name. Yeah, that's it. Thank you, Father. Now, all that soreness and pain go now. Now, the Lord says unto you, just worship me. As you fall asleep, just worship me. As you rise in the morning, just worship me. During your day tomorrow, just worship and thank, and you will see every symptom gone. What about you, Monica? 
getting one, like all the like come and go. In the name of Jesus. Like put your hand around the nape of her neck, just like if you were going to. There's something there in your neck that's that's out of whack. Yeah. Now there it is. There it is. In the name of Jesus. Now headaches, you stop. You stop in Jesus' name. But now that that in Jesus there it is now just receive that there it is there it is something something there is, is being adjusted now what about you okay oh you are well congratulations it's one way to grow the church Can't drink enough water. In the name of Jesus. Now, you said through the Apostle Paul that our righteous women would be delivered in childbirth. And Lord, we read that to mean the entire process. So whatever's causing this, yeah, I see that, Lord. I command that to come back into balance now. For it's not in balance, but it is. There it is. Now there's the anointing. Coming back into balance back into balance back into balance mm. ah, okay yeah now there's something that you need to stop putting in your body and something you need to start putting in your body now the Lord will speak unto you and you'll know for that which needs to stop you'll know it immediately next time you try to partake and that which needs to start, you'll crave. But it won't be an unhealthy craving. It will be a craving which in when you partake, there'll be a satisfaction. Be not afraid, nor be fearful. For the Lord is with you, and the Lord is with the child. Thank you, Lord Jesus. What's up, Frankie? Really? Okay. Lift your hands up. Father, right now, Lord, in Frankie's, in his back, down into that knee. Thank, thank you, Lord. Yes, in Jesus' name. Yeah. No, that shall not deteriorate. No, 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 no. But that, now that, uh, uh, there it is. Yes, that adjustment. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Now, pay a little more attention to your health. Yes, you are young and strong. But if you'll go ahead and pay attention now, the days ahead, you'll thank God that you paid attention. For there are things now that if you don't pay attention, you'll pay a price. And you don't want to pay the price. So pay attention now. And the Spirit of the Lord will guide you, help you, show you, and you'll walk in health all the days of your life. And many of the problems that come upon people you'll never have to face. For divine health will be your gift from the Lord for obeying Him and doing that what He says. Whew. Thank you, Lord. Woo, there's that anointing right there. Thank you, Father. Who else do we have? Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. Is it hurt now? In the name of Jesus, we command this pain to go. Yes. 
Yeah, repair that then. We call that repaired now, supernaturally, divinely knit back. Knit back. Knit back. Knit back. There it is. That's it. Knit back together in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Pain, go. Discomfort, go. In the name of Jesus. What's up with you? You're just, you're just a young fella. You shouldn't be having all that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lay hands upon him. My, I see that, Lord. Yes, I do. I do. I command it to get off of him now. To leave him alone. In Jesus' name, I cancel your assignment. Migraine, stop. Nausea, stop. Epilepsy, you will not get him. You will not capture him in Jesus' name. No seizures, none whatsoever, never happen in his life. Healed in his body, in Jesus' name. Now what about you? All right. Lord, thank you that you bless his mind. You've not given him a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Now look at me. Nobody is going to make your way for you, but you can make your way for yourself. Even as a young man, like David in the Bible, like Samuel when he was a young prophet, you can begin to say things with your mouth, you can begin to believe things in your heart, and God says He will bring it to pass for you. So let righteousness frame your words, speak the things of God, and that attack that is upon your mind will stop, and you will know that you are framing your destiny with the words of God. So I cancel the attack of the enemy that would try to torment this young man's mind and lead him into a place of depression. But I thank you that he's released from that attack today. And the glory of God comes into his life. In Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Well, lift your hands. Stand on your feet this evening. Oh, lift your hands up and worship the Lord one more time. Thank you, Lord God. Come on, somebody worship the Lord tonight. Come on, worship God. Let's glorify the Lord. Let's magnify His name. Oh, we worship You, Father. We glorify Your name. We exalt You, Lord. We exalt You. Hallelujah. Did you enjoy being in church tonight? Wasn't it good? Aren't you glad for the Word and the Spirit? Thank God for the Word and the Spirit. Amen. Now, Heavenly Father, as we close our service... And we end 2017, we do it with joy. We do it rejoicing. We do it thanking you, Heavenly Father, for all the grace, goodness, and mercy you bestowed upon us in 2017. And Father, we look forward to 2018. And right now, we set a standard of righteousness. We pray over the protection and safety you afford us as your believers, as your children. And we declare over the entire congregation, no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. We as your people walk upon serpents and scorpions over all power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. So, Father, we rejoice as we leave tonight in your divine, in your divine provision of safety and protection. Lord, many of us have jobs. Others own businesses. But for all of us that have to live in this world and world system, we declare the evil plans of wicked men. 
the evil schemes of the devil himself will not come nigh our dwelling place. But we abide under the shadow of the Almighty as we handle the resource of God that you've given us. We rejoice in the protection and safety afforded us. We have a testimony of almost 16 years now of your hand of protection and safety. And we thank you that that testimony will expand and continue in our lives as believers as we go forward into the coming year. Father, for doors of utterance, for every individual to speak boldly your word. Stretch forth your hand to heal. Let signs and wonders be done in the name of your holy child, Jesus. And the pressure and the recoil and the resistance that comes against our contention for the move of God, we stand boldly in the face of it. And we say we shall see the desire of God upon our enemies. And we shall see the breakthrough of the Spirit that we so hunger and desire for. Here at Island Church, in Ireland, in Nicaragua, the Philippine Islands, in Africa, in every place else that we're connected to the move of God, we thank you that that anointing is working and causing blessing. Fathers, we leave tonight. How can we possibly express the deep love we have for you? We love you so much, for you are our very own Heavenly Father. Jesus, we love you, our Savior, our Healer, our Baptizer in the Holy Ghost, our soon-coming King. We thank you so much. We thank you for our church, Lord. We love our brother. We love our sister. We love each other. We walk in love. We choose to walk in love in 2018. So we leave tonight. We declare that we are ambassadors for Christ. That here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Don't forget church on Wednesday night. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409 409- 770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.